What's up, guys? Welcome to the Walk Show podcast, where we explore the walk of life. This is your host, Walker Near. The music for today's show is provided by Misha Zarin, so many thanks to Misha. I strongly encourage people to check out their local food bank to see how they can help, as food banks like Ozark's Food Harvest here in my hometown are helping families overcome food insecurity, which is a problem we need to solve. You can follow me on social media like Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The Walk Show or The Walk Show Pod. All of those links will be in the show notes. This week, we are joined by author and entrepreneur Nelson Tressler. Nelson's book is The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices, which is about Nelson's life story, which is one of the wildest and most difficult starts I have heard. Nelson has also released I Got Smarter, which is an app that helps people with goal achievement. Nelson and I had a great conversation. I'm very excited to share it. So let's get over to it. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Nelson Tressler, very excited to have you here. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Walker. Yeah, for sure. So, Nelson, uh, you have a pretty interesting story, uh, to understate it. Um, <laughs> you uh, have been an entrepreneur involved in, in many different businesses. Um, you also have a book out, The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. Um, and then I know you also have at least sometime in the not too distant past launched the, I got smarter, uh, app, which is a goal achievement app. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, really I'll kind of start with you. I, I've, I've read a little bit about your life story and you had a really crazy <laughs> kind of start to the game of life here. And, um, and so I, I'll just kind of start with you, I guess, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start talking about the book or the app or your life story or <laughs> yeah, let's start, let's start at the beginning with, uh, yeah. My origin story, um, that's kind of where it all stems from anyhow. So, sure. yeah, my, uh, you know, my mom uh, got pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And uh, while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town of 6,000 people in uh, central Pennsylvania, uh, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers uh, he stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding the other. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial uh, where he was facing the death penalty for, for what he had done. And during his trial, my mom uh, got up and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that the police officer had raped her. And she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And uh, that's that's where my life started. The, the, wow. trial, the, the first trial ended in a hung jury um, because of my mom's testimony. And eventually they took the death penalty off the table. And the second trial, my grandfather was found guilty uh, and sent away uh, to spend the rest of his life in prison, which he did uh, more than 40 years. Wow. Well, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite a uh, quite a start to it all. So, I mean, did you have any relationship with your grandfather then, as a, as a child yourself, or? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, he went to prison about uh, an hour away, and uh, you know, I tell a little more of my story on kind of how that happened. But uh, yeah, I, I we would go and visit him uh, in prison. My you know my grandma uh, stayed faithful to him for the 40 years that he was in prison and visited him almost every month. And it was usually her and 
and part of her family. I mean, they had 15 children, so there was uh, never a shortage of people going over there to visit my grandfather. Mm. And, and so then, I mean, I would guess that you probably have a pretty different perspective on um, prisoners, right? And people who have been convicted, especially even for something that, you know, like murder where just to read the word or read the headline might seem like, oh, well, you know, yeah, that, you know, someone who murders should be there. But then just like with all of life, you find out there's this context and this nuance to it. Um, anyway, I don't mean to speak for you, but how, I guess, how did that shape your, your relationship with that whole world? Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you, when you know somebody who's in prison, I, I, I would uh, gather to say you definitely have a different perspective because you know, those people, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, uh, as, as far as, as that happening, um, you know, in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, there's a lot of twists and turns in, in that story and, and why my mom did what she she did and, and everything that kind of happened with me. So I, I just want to kind of leave it out there that, you know, everything isn't as it seems. And in uh, the book kind of explains that, but I don't want to give away, you know, the book. So I'll just kind of leave it on a, uh, on a cliffhanger there for, for all your listeners. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And we'll have links in the show notes uh, directly to your book so people can can go out and, and grab a copy of that. Um, so you find yourself born into a, a pretty unique set of circumstances. And then what kind of where did you go after that? I mean, did you go straight into to, to college out of high school or did you find yourself with, uh, you know, law trouble yourself as a kid or? Yeah, well. Well, let me tell you, uh, you know, that that's how my life started. But, you know, here I am. I'm the I'm the son of a 15 year old mother. And, uh, you know, my life didn't get any easier. You know, after that, uh, my mom eventually at the age of 21 met uh, a, a man who would eventually become my stepfather. Come mm-hmm. to find out he was an alcoholic and very uh, physically abusive to me and my mom, you know, almost on a daily basis. And. Flash forward a little bit. Uh, my mom and stepfather have four more children, um, you know, and because of the lifestyle that they're living, uh, it falls upon me a lot to care for their basic needs, uh, you know, being the oldest and, you know, that from, you know, bottle feeding to diaper changing to waking up at 2 a.m. to put crying babies to sleep. But because of this lifestyle that we were living, my mom, would rather me stay home from school and help her with the kids than go to school. And mm. I hated school. You know, I couldn't read, couldn't write, still can't spell, didn't do well there. I was always kind of that kid, you know, everybody knows your business in a small town, you know, so throw on top of them that your grandfather shot and killed a police officer. And, you know, right. you, you were, uh, you know, uh, so all of that stuff. So I, I, I didn't enjoy, you know, going to school and, you know, I remember at the end of the fourth grade kind of getting my report card in, in, in elementary school. You're always excited to see who you're going to have for homeroom the next year. And I remember looking down at that report card and seeing that I had straight F's that I, and that I would be repeating the fourth grade that I had failed. And it shouldn't have come to any surprise because I had probably been absent 50 or 60 days that year. Wow. Yeah. But it was at this time that, you know, the school placed me into special ed to get the help that I needed. And, uh, you know, as I said, I, I couldn't read or write or spell and come to find out I had dyslexia. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of where my life went up to that. But, you know, uh, uh, 
a few months after that, you know, my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar and there was somebody else who was driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And uh, it wow. was, yeah, it was at this time here, here's my mom now, you know, my mom's, you know, dro- had this rough life. She's dropped out of school in the eighth grade, uh, lived a, lived a hard life, but losing my stepfather, regardless of how abusive he was, you know, kind of left her with no hope here. Here she was trying to figure out a way on how she was going to care for, you know, five small children. And it was at this time that she decided that she had had enough and that she was going to take her own life. And she uh, attempted suicide. And fortunately she was not successful, but whenever she got out of the hospital, it was at that time that our family got separated and she determined that she wasn't going to be able to care for all of us. And I went to go live with my grandmother, who was the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And, you know, for the first time in my life now, you know, uh, I'm in a home that always has food. That wasn't always the case in my mom. Mm. Uh, I don't have to worry about anybody coming home drunk and, and beating me or my mom. And I don't have to worry about caring for my younger siblings. So it's at this time in my life, you know, around seventh grade, I start to reflect upon what direction my life's heading and what I want for my life. And I remember um, uh, a local university sent a counselor to our school for an assembly to talk about what it was going to take to get into college. And I started to think, you know, hey, what if I could go to college? You know, and I, I thought that would be kind of the answer to all of my problems. You know, I, yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about no food in the refrigerator. And I just kind of looked at a college degree as kind of being that answer. And you know what happens whenever you tell yourself you want to do something that's hard, that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming at you all the reasons that you can't do it. And I remember thinking, Nelson, you're in special ed. You can't read. You can't write. You can't spell. You know, and of of my mom's family, of those 15 children that my gram had, only two had ever graduated from high school. None had ever gone to college. And I start thinking to myself, geez, I'll, I'll be lucky to graduate high school, let alone college. But, you know, my life was was in a way where, you know, I really hadn't I really had no choice. I mean, it sucked at where I was and I knew where I was headed. And so I started to kind of do those things that I thought would get me to college. And, you know, flash forward here. Um, it took me 12 years it took me four different universities. It took me four years in the Air Force, but I eventually became that first person to graduate from college from my family. That's a really, that's a really awesome, uh, really awesome conclusion for at least that chapter. Um, that, yeah, wow, <laughs> that's that's incredible, man. Well, congratulations to you um, for doing. I mean. <sighs> I guess, and, and maybe you spoke to this a bit, you know, maybe it was when, when you, you were able to move in with, um, with your, your grandmother, but I mean, it almost seems like it would be hard to find hope in that situation or those circumstances because you haven't really ever had it. Like, like it's not even, you don't have a reference point <laughs> for what to aspire towards. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, and I talk a lot about that in my book is, uh, you know, the unlucky sperm club, but you know, the, the thing is, is uh, I didn't have a, a lot of uh, role models to shoot for. I, I did have some later on in, in life. I got placed into the big brother, big sister program and, 
and kind of had that, uh, you know, was a great influence in my life, mm. and, you know, had some other families that I got involved with, you know, later in my childhood that I saw that, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the norm that your father was an alcoholic and came home and beat you and, and all of that. So I had that going in my life, but you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what I wanted to become, but I absolutely knew what I didn't want to become. Mm. And because of that, I started to try to make choices that would get me as far away from what I didn't want to be, even though I didn't know what I wanted to be. Yeah, well, and, and that kind of, I mean, that, you know, kind of speaks to the subtitle of your book, which is you are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it just very clearly one-to-one -one relates to your own story, right? Where you are very much a victim of circumstances that are outside of your control, yet are able to, to transform your situation into something that's far, far better than that. Um, so like I'd mentioned at the very beginning of the show, I mean, you've, you know, been an entrepreneur for a long time at this point. Was that, was that kind of where you went right away or, or, or did you find yourself in the, the corporate world or, or something for a while? Yeah. So it's when, I, when I graduated from college, you know, that, that kind of opened up my eyes to what, power how how powerful goals and personal development were and mm. i started to use those in every area of my life and when i graduated from college i went into commercial real estate and i started working for a uh, top five uh, firm and uh, you know through goals and personal development i was able to become the top salesman uh you know worldwide for that uh, for that firm in the retail division and, you know, I, I just started using goals in, in, in every area of my life. I, you know, and, and I definitely, you know, was an entrepreneurial and saw opportunities everywhere and ended up starting more than 10 businesses. And, and you know, one of those businesses became one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country and uh, was, was able to exit that a few years ago. And then I got to the point where, you know, I, I, I never envisioned myself just popping my feet up, you know, on the beach and watching sunsets. So, right. you know, I was reflecting, like, what, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I, I, you know, my story, the story that I just told you, when I joined the Air Force, I never moved back to that town. I, I mean, I was running from those circumstances. I mean, they weakened me. I, you know, in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, I tell a lot of the stories of, you know, what I had to deal with living in that town. And I never wanted to go back there. And as after I sold this uh, one business and was thinking about it, you know, I was reflecting upon why I lived the life that I had lived. And I determined that, you know what, I, I lived that hard life, but I made it through it. And, uh, you know, maybe the reason that that was is so that I could help others and show others that there is hope out there. And, and, that you are not a victim of your circumstances, that you're a product of your choices. And I had proved that uh, from kind of where I started to, to where I ended up. And that's when I determined to start my new company, I Got Smarter, which is a goal fulfillment app and program that helps other people, you know, learn how to use goals and personal development in their own lives and actually achieve their life's biggest goals. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I, I mean, that's and, and that you know that's a topic that I've uh, that I bring up quite a bit on 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 the walk show here. Um, just, I think that personal development is something, and I say this because I was one of these people that for a long time thought that there was like an element of snake oil to it, or that there's um, that it's just a lot of the same ideas being rehashed and, and that sort of thing. And then <laughs> turns out I was just naive and ignorant because I hadn't actually looked into it much. And, and then when I actually started looking into some of these personal development, um, you know, whether it be books or talks or whatever the case may be, I came to find that it wasn't that at all. I mean, sure, there are probably elements and in, in certain individuals that, that aren't above board, but that's, you know, that's humanity, <laughs> not personal development. Um, and, and, and where I actually kind of came to is, is the opposite conclusion where I actually think it's awesome the variety of voices that we have in this area and the variety of, of uh, content that we have, because not everyone, not everything is going to resonate with every single person the same way. Right. And so, um, I mean, for someone like yourself to share coming from the place you came from to where you are now and, and then helping other people kind of see that, Hey, you could walk this path too. I mean, that's really meaningful. And, um, Anyway, I, I'm not trying to flatter you or something. I just, I just, I just, I just had to say that. I, I just oh, think it's really important. Go, go on, go. On. <laughs> um, well, so you know, you talked about even up into um, into college, you're, you're you're doing so as early as then, you're doing personal development stuff. So, what kind of routines? And uh, you know, certainly, I, I'm sure a lot of this is in the book. So, I don't mean to rehash every single thing, but maybe what's one one daily routine that you found yourself doing that really moved the needle? Well, and, and that's what I got smarter is, is like I, I became literally obsessed with goals and personal development after I graduated college and started using it, like I said, in every area of my life and, you know, used it to become, you know, top salesman worldwide and to start, you know, businesses. And, you know, just last week I celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary and, you know, yeah, thank you. And um, so I've used all those and, and by, you know, by no stretch of the imagination was I perfect, uh, you know, far from it. But what, what I did was I realized where I fell short and I helped other people, you know, work on their goals and achieve their goals. And I knew what worked and what didn't work and, and what, pro, you know, I, I pretty much used every program that was out there over the last 25 years. I read all the books. And when I was determining to, you know, help other people, I sat down and wrote my program, which is I Got Smarter and, you know, used everything that I've used over those last 25 years. But, you know, and, and, and what I did was I designed it as an app so it was easy to use and mm -hmm. But what, one of the parts of our program is, is that every morning you start off with your morning uh, routine. Uh, and, you know, we start off every day with gratitude and mm. thanks for what we already have and, and really priming our minds to receive even more. Because what we found is if you're not happy with what you have, you're not going to be happy with what you receive. And, you know, we don't want you to be complacent or, or satisfied, but we do want you to be grateful in all things. And so we teach that and we teach, you know, in this morning uh, ritual, we also teach success strategies and, you know, there's positive quotes and, you know, we review our goals each and every day. And, and we, you know, in the program, we teach you how to write a proper goal and 
we teach you how to take big, huge goals and to break them down into what we call uh, four-week sprints uh, so that uh, you can work on uh, you, these huge goals in little bite-sized bite pieces, which, you know, again, shows that, uh, you know, you have a lot better success rate when you, you're able to do that. And, you know, I think the one great thing with our app is we found that if you have somebody else who's in your corner, so to speak, help that knows about your goals, that uh, you're 95% more likely to uh, reach your goal. So through our app, we allow people to invite what we call a success partner. And mm -hmm. real time in that app, my success partner can see if uh, I've done my morning routine and they can give me kudos. And, you know, when they see that I've done my morning routine and maybe they haven't done theirs, they're like, oh, crap, Nelson's done his. I got to get mine done. And, you know, so you, you have that accountability gets such a bad word because we're not accountable to that our success partner. But our success partner is there to encourage us and to motivate us to do the things that we we said we were going to do so that we can be accountable to ourselves. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up about accountability, because I think you're right. I think accountability um, is almost looked at as like, like, is there someone who will call you out if you mess up or something like it's this negative connotation? Yeah. Um, and to your point, I mean, it, it certainly expands beyond that into encouragement and positive reinforcement, right? It's not all just <laughs> the drill sergeant or something. Well, and, and another part of our program is is these goals are your goals. They're, they, they shouldn't be your partner's goals. They shouldn't be your spouse's or your kid's or the world's goals. These are your goals. So the only person you need to be accountable to is yourself. And that's, you know, it, it's not my job to hold you accountable because they're not my goals. You're not working for me. And so it, it's a whole different mindset when I come as not an accountability partner, but as a success partner, my only purpose is to help you, encourage you, and to motivate you to achieve these goals for yourself, not for me. So uh, it, it's a whole different mindset, and and now you're not you're not going to get browbeat if you miss a day or a week or a month. In fact, you know that success partner, we understand that you're gonna you're gonna kind of slide and you're going to miss a day or two or here. And that's, that's part of life. And, and we understand that's going to happen, but where our program differs is a lot of times people will miss a day or even a week or maybe a month. And then all of a sudden they throw their hands up and just give up. And we understand that time is our greatest resource and we don't want to waste that. So the one that, you know, the one, uh, thing that that success partner needs to do is help encourage you to get back up and start working on your goals again and and striving towards that and not let a week or a month or heaven forbid years or even a decade slide by to where you've given up uh, on your goals. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of started on my own the most cliche way to say it my own journey of personal development, um, probably a year and a half ago. Um, and it's, uh, it, all the things that you're talking about are, are ring true through my own experience, right? Like I, I started working with a, a coach in my, in my case, but it's exactly what you're talking about with accountability, where at first I was like, well, I don't know if I'm really care about a coach holding me accountable because in my head, it's just browbeating, but that's not what it is at all. 
and that's the other thing that I've really had to learn in this last you know year and a half or so that I've been been on this path is it, it, it's frustrating sometimes. A when when I you know if I have haven't been accomplishing things for a period of time, whether it be a day or a week or whatever that may be. It's also frustrating if I set out on a goal and make progress and then ultimately don't end up accomplishing it, right? And, and slide back and now have to, to start it again. And when I first began, my inclination was to be like, oh, well, I'm just, clearly I'm not ready for this yet, or I'm not committed enough, or I'm not disciplined enough, or all of these things. And 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 what I kind of have come to learn is that a, I'm probably going to have to learn lessons over and over again because it's more like a spiral than it is like a staircase, like a spiral staircase, right? You kind of come back to the same point, maybe from a slightly different perspective. Um, and that that giving up entirely is really the only criteria for failure because if, if as long as you try again, then you maybe you've just learned. And again, all, that kind of language gets tossed around like it's some cliche, but it really is true. Like unless you just quit, outright you haven't failed well and and we have and, and in fact you know any of your listeners can go and get my uh, 15 philosophies of life and and you you touched on a few of those you know uh you, you can't fail unless you quit and that and that's what i really designed this program for is to make it as difficult as possible for you to quit and that's what we all want uh, i mean one thing, you know, with, with our program, I Got Smarter, is you do what we call our self-assessment. And that's to become crystal clear on what your goals are and not only what they are, but what it's going to take to achieve those. Because, you know, every goal has to be paid for in advance. And we want to make sure that you're willing to pay that price and that and that you're willing to sacrifice what it's going to take to achieve that goal. Because there's nothing worse than you know, working on a goal for a long time and then realizing that it, one, it wasn't the goal that you really wanted. Maybe it's what the world wanted or your spouse or your kids or whoever wanted, but it wasn't yours. And then two, that you weren't willing to pay the price that it costs to achieve that goal, whether that be your health or your relationships or your lifestyle or whatever. So that's the thing is we become crystal clear on those goals. So we know exactly what that goal is we know that it's ours we know what price is going to have to be paid for it and then we can head out on that journey to achieve that goal and and then we've placed all these other things in the program to make sure that you end up achieving that goal a, a lot of things that we do too is we we break our goals down into four week sprints is what we call them because you know here we are what the the second week of january would it shock you to know that 90% of people have already failed on their New Year's resolutions? Right. And the reason for that is annual goal setting does not work. And uh, there's a lot of reason behind that. And, and our program kind of patches a lot of those holes because of, because of annual goal setting. Uh, but we break all of our goals down into four-week sprints um, because – then there's that sense of urgency. Uh, you, you always know what you need to do when you're working at goals on a four-week sprint. And we even break it down further than that. We break it down to where you can have four additional milestones to make sure that you're on track. Because part of the I Got Smarter program is that we're always evaluating where we're at on our goals. And then we're readjusting. And whether that be we got to readjust to catch up or we can readjust to, uh, you know, make our goals bigger because we're 
further ahead than we thought we were going to be. So there's all these strategies and, and techniques that we find, you know, just really gives the, gives our members all the tools and the knowledge and, and the support through the success partner to really achieve those goals. Something I've I've thought a lot about and, and read a, a bit about is is the idea of um, willpower, grit, tenacity. Now I don't mean to suggest that those things literally don't exist. Um, I, I think depending on the context, it can. But where I'm trying to go with this is, you know, a moment ago you're talking about, you know, when people set goals, like do they understand the sacrifice that will be needed to accomplish that goal? Um, but something that I've kind of considered a lot is that it seems like if, if, if someone's, um, I don't, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if it's belief or, or faith or, or what the case is, but if the goal is aligned with the person, like if there's a match quality <laughs> that's really high between the person and the goal, all of that grit and all of that tenacity and all of the willpower is a lot more natural right? So I guess my point is just that I think, what is your experience or what are your thoughts on the importance of, of selecting goals that really, really do resonate with the person? Because the sacrifices are a lot easier if the goal really is that meaningful. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of our program. I mean, uh, you know, it's the O and I got smarter for being obsessed with your goal. And that's, you know, a lot of, some people call that having a strong why. And that's yeah. why is going to get you through, you know, those tough times. But you, you, you talk a lot about willpower and grit. You know what? I don't I don't care how much willpower you have or how obsessed you are with your goal. That willpower and that grit's going to fade eventually. That's mm -hmm. why you need a system in place. That's why you need to create habits in place. And that's what I Got Smarter is. is I Got Smarter is that system that is going to help you through those days where you don't have that grit or that willpower. Because you know what? The, the successful people are doing the things that need to be done even when they don't feel like doing them. And I mean, if, if you only did the things that you felt like doing, you'd hardly do anything. I mean, none of us would ever, you know, work out or, or you know, put in those 12 or 15 hour days when, you know, it, it feels like it's not paying off. So we've got to get beyond willpower and grit. I mean, it's nice to have those and, and we will have those by being obsessed and having that strong why with our goal. But at the end of the day, what's going to get you through to the end is that system. And that's what I got smarter is. Yeah, no, I think that's super powerful. And I'm, I'm glad that that's, uh, that that's what you had to say about it, because I think that there's a lot of romanticism around these ideas of, of tenacity and grit and all this stuff where it's like, oh, you know, you've got to dig deeper. And there's actually just a lot smarter and more thoughtful approach to it, which is what you're talking about here, where you're systemizing things, you're, you're building things into routines. 
you know, that's something else that I've, that I've really learned over in, in my own experiences. Discipline is something that gets talked about a lot in that conversation of grit and tenacity and all this. And, and I used to, you know, when I first started thinking about, well, man, I need to be more disciplined and what, 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 what does my level of discipline like? I was kind of intimidated because I'm, I, I'm not a really rigid kind of person. What I found was that the discipline was actually only needed for a pretty small time. I mean, literally a matter of weeks. And then those things that started out as things I had to be disciplined about turned into habits and routines that I then wanted to do. Right. And it wasn't something that I had to, you know, boot camp myself into doing every day. I assume you're, you're seeing that with, I got smarter users where yeah, maybe some of them when they're new are intimidated, but gets easier and, and becomes part of the routine. Well, you know what, what, one thing that we've used in the, I got smarter program is we design an alter ego and that alter ego is the best version of ourselves. We all have it. We all have that voice in the back of our head. That's telling us to do the right thing. And just like you said, you know, the problem is, is that we, we ignore that voice qu quickly or, or whatever, but so, but we design this alter ego out. And then whenever it comes time to make a decision, you know, we, we teach people to ask your alter ego and then do what they tell you to do. And all of a sudden, what you realize is you and that alter ego, the alter ego should be that best version of yourself. And then here's you, you know, and, and we, we get very creative. We name our alter ego. My alter ego's name is Fred. And, you know, Fred always makes the right decisions. And what I find is the more choices that Nelson makes that are Fred type choices, the closer I become to eventually becoming Fred. And as I said here, you know, 25 years later, uh, you know, the first Fred that I designed, you know, I'd like to think that Nelson has far surpassed that Fred, but we're always continuing on becoming that better version of ourselves, always reaching that potential. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, walking, walking up a curved, uh, stairway you you kind of use that where you can't kind of see where you can end up and every step that you take you can see a little bit more and that's what it's like reaching your potential and that's what we designed i got smarter to do is to really you know reach that potential that lies in each one of us because once you realize what you're capable of once you realize that potential that's inside of you never again will you settle for anything less than that. And that's what this program brings out in people is real, realizing how much power and how much potential lies within each of us. And it truly does, you know, it's in each and every one of us. And so are, are you, you know, obviously the, I got smarter is, is, a, is an app on the phone that people are using, but are, are you or, or your company, is there any um, direct communication workshops, group, sessions i mean obviously with covid everything's different than maybe <laughs> which originally was going to be but yeah absolutely um yeah we, we in fact we're we're going to have a workshop in february uh to go through the i got smarter program but before covid uh what program we rolled out it was called six months to success and that that had people meeting in person in groups and because of covid you couldn't meet in groups so we uh, 
you know, the, the program within six months to success was called I Got Smarter. And so we've been, we've redesigned our app to where you can meet mm. virtually and have a virtual partner and invite a virtual partner. And, but yeah, six months to success is the higher level of that. And we really feel like uh, there's a lot of value whenever you're meeting in groups and, and we are going to roll that back out in the next couple months as well to where there was a gold guide who is over the group and helping everybody stay focused on their, on their goals and, and uh, checking in and, and, you know, motivating uh, his uh, group members to stick with it. But yeah, that, that'll be coming out probably in March sometime again is the six months to success program. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, throughout the time that you've been working with people and this is, I, I, we didn't do any interview prep, so I'm co- totally putting you on the spot here, but, um, is, is there any, you know, one story that kind of stands out as, is, a uh, and I'm sure there are many, but, but anything that stands out as kind of a, a, a certain individual that turned around in a way that surprised you, or I don't know <laughs> what the case yeah. may be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the program is life changing. And yeah, the one guy who, who comes to mind, you know, he had been out of work for maybe 18 months, wow. uh, couldn't find a job, was depressed, uh, had put on, you know, like 40 pounds of, of, of weight. Uh, nothing was going right in his life. And, you know, he came into the, the program and started uh, using, you know, the, the, the app to, get, you know, get crystal clear on what he wanted. And three months into the program, he had found, you know, literally his, his dream job. Uh, hmm. He had lost 25 pounds. Uh, he was, you know, excited every single day. You know, I bumped into his wife and his wife tells me he is a different man because he was living life with purpose again. And he had focus and and all those little steps that we take in the program. You know, our brain loves progress. And every time he could check off a milestone or check off, you know, a four a four week sprint, all of a sudden he was realizing that he could do it. And, you know, again, he he started to see that potential that lied within him again. And, uh, you know, he, he was a totally different person started using the alter ego in his life and started making those type of choices. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't the same person. I love the alter ego thing that you're talking about. Cause when I first started working with my coach, I had named some alter egos, except they were all worse versions of myself <laughs> that I was trying to move away from. Um, but I like the idea of having one to aspire to. That's a lot more, that's a lot more positive. So, well, yeah. And, and, and that's everything that we do. I mean, your brain, uh, there's a lot of science behind that, but even, even when you're writing a goal, your goal should be written in the positive form. It should never be, I want to quit smoking. I want to lose this much. I mean, it should be, I am a non-smoker or, or mm-hmm. I weigh, you know, 185 pounds by exercising five days a week. So there's so much in, Uh, you know, achieving these goals and writing a proper goal, you know, as if it's already happened and uh, making it positive, our brain can wrap around that. And then we review our goals every morning and every night. And when you start reading those goals, your brain hears that and your brain's going to find a way to make that come true. You know, so there's Mm -hmm. a lot in it, in it, as, as far as that goes as well. 
Yeah, no, that aligns. I mean, you know, I do another practice I do that that's pretty popular um, is is the positive affirmations, right? The, the statements. And yeah, when I first started, I was, you know, I, I wasn't trained by anyone or anything. I just kind of read about it and made it up as I went. And, and I was doing a lot of I will and, and, and projecting things out into the future. And I was talking to another friend of mine who's been doing this for, for many years. And he said exactly what you just did. He was like, well, whenever you're projecting it out, you're kind of implicitly saying that it's not true now, right? And and uh, and he advised exactly what you just did, that, that you make it something that's true now. And I think there's a discomfort, at least it, for me, there was a discomfort in that at first, because like, well, something I talked about earlier, I want to be disciplined and consistent. Well, I if I don't think I'm that now, and I say I am now, am I lying? But what I kind of personally came to that, that helped me get over that hurdle was like, I already tell myself a bunch of lies that aren't true about myself that are negative things. Absolutely. So clearly that's never been a criteria that I cared about <laughs> anyway, whether it was true, you know. Well, and, and one thing we do is, you know, in, in our goal, in our goals is, you know, our goals have a date in them. So, you know, as, as far as when, when that date is. So we like, for instance, you know, it's February 7th, 2021. And I weigh 185 pounds. I work out five days a week and I only put food in my body that, uh, you know, strengthens me. Now mm -hmm. that's a well-written goal. And you're telling yourself, you know, it's very specific, it's measurable. And that time factors in there. You're, you, you don't weigh 185 pounds today, but on February 7th, you absolutely will but you're telling yourself like it, like it, it's already happened. Yeah. Something else you said a, a few moments ago is, is just the, you know, when you were talking about the the man that had kind of really stood out as a, a, a winning story um, that he was living with purpose again, with one of the statements you'd made. And that's another thing that I've kind of thought about is it, it, it seems like when it comes to goals and, and purpose, the, the one of the values of, of, of setting goals is that, it seems like our minds will find goals whether or not we set them. And so if you don't intentionally set the goal, you might end up with one that's really, really detrimental <laughs> to, to, to a, be a better life. So I guess my, my, or my thought or my question is how, how important do you think the intentionality of it all is just that aspect of it, just simply being intentional with oh. your, your time. Make, makes all the difference. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, you're either going to live a life of just being reactive to everything else that's out there, or you're going to live a life with intention, where you're you're designing the life that you want. I mean, it's it's like anything. I mean, you 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 get to plan the life that you have. You you get to design that life by the choices that you make. And when you're living with intention and you know exactly what type of life you want to live in whatever category of life you you choose then you have then you have that opportunity to make that come to fruition but if you're just being reactive and and you don't have any goals and you're just you you blink your eyes you wake up it's 10 years later and you're like holy crap what what just happened like you know i i haven't done any of the things that i really wanted to do and the reason for that is you haven't lived life with intention and you know, the, the one thing that I would stress to your listeners is if you could do it by yourself, you would have already done it. Right. I mean, there's so many people out there that want it. Oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need a program or I don't need this or that or a coach or 
or what have you. If you could have done it on your own, you would have already done it. And, and I, you know, I see so many people who have got into this program and, you know, whether you've never been able to achieve a goal in your life and stick with it past, you know, January 5th, or if you, if they felt like they were pretty good at goals, this program and, and all these tools and knowledge and support have takes people to levels that they couldn't have even imagined. And they become these versions of themselves that they never knew existed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's truly awesome. Um, and I, it's, 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 it's also, and I, obviously it's all bundled up for, for you, but it, it's, I love, I, I love the conversation about goals. And I also to go back to the, to, to the book, and the idea of of not being a victim of circumstance and a product of choice instead, something I've thought a lot about is that I think that there's in our language, you know, the word there's the word blame and there's the word responsibility. And I think they get conflated sometimes. You know, certainly blame could be assigned to a third party, an external force. And that might be true and reasonable and, and maybe even valuable to identify where this external problem is, is generating from. However, I think what's always true on the other side of blame is, is responsibility. And what I've just kind of, you know, come to find is that that's just always up to the individual and not even out of some like moralistic position, but just literally like no one else can do it for you. Not even because they don't want to, like someone might love you enough to do it for you. They just can't. It just doesn't work that way. Well, and that's the one thing is when you start assigning your problems and your issues to external things, whether it be other people or mm -hmm. the economy or the country or politics, now all of a sudden you've given away all all of the anything that can fix that. Like when, when I say, you know what, I'm this way because, you know, of this person, I, I've just given them all the control over that problem. There is nothing I can do because it's their fault. But whenever you take that responsibility, whenever you take 100%, you know, responsibility for your success, now you're in control. Now there's nothing that that can happen that you're not in control of. And we can't we can't help sometimes what happens to us, but we absolutely can help how we react to it. And that's always in our control. And I think a lot of people don't realize that equation that, you know, because something bad happened to them and it wasn't their fault. Now, all of a sudden they, they want to kind of blame it on that, but we, you can't prevent that from happening or, or you can't help that it happened to you, but you can help how you react to it. And, uh, and then that's when you get control back and you start, you know, taking it in a direction that you want it to go to better your life. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Nelson, I, I really, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm so glad that, that I had the opportunity to, to chat with you this evening. Um, again, as we'd mentioned, the book is the unlucky sperm club and then the app is I got smarter, which I assume is available both Apple and Android. Is that, is that accurate? That's correct. Yeah. And then, you know, beyond that, is there anywhere else that people should be going if they want to connect with, with you or your, your group or your company? Yeah, I mean, you can go to nelsontressler.com. That's that's my website. You can go there. Uh, you know, we we have a, a Facebook group at Nelson Tressler that you can go and kind of get a lot of these philosophies and strategies. Uh, also, you know, we're we're giving away that free 
you know, 15 philosophy starter kit uh, at nelsontressler.com. You can go there and get that. And yeah, the, the book, The Unlucky Sperm Club is available everywhere, but you know, it's definitely available on Amazon and, and you can go there and purchase it. It's, it's a great read. And we didn't even scratch the surface of the good stuff that's in that book. Yeah, no, I, I, I had looked at some of the reviews uh, on Amazon for it. And yeah, I mean, that was probably the most common sentiment I saw was like, I understood like people had an understanding, like a loose understanding, probably kind of like the listeners here now of a rough idea of what your childhood was like. But then but then people would say once I actually read the book, it was astonishing <laughs> the amount of challenges that you had. So, um, well, again, I'll have all the, the, the links to those things in the show notes so folks can can just click on it directly and go right to it. Um, Nelson Tressler, really appreciate your time this evening, man. All right. Thanks, Walker. Appreciate you having me on. Protein.
folks well that's all for the show today thank you so much again to nelson tressler for stopping by i really enjoyed the conversation we had of course thanks to misha zarens for the music and last but not least thank you to the listener for listening to the show i'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast pick up your sticks which is co-hosted by me and brett lindley pick up your sticks is a podcast about video games where we talk about why gaming matters and you can find it on all podcast platforms again i really appreciate the listen have a great week stay up